in Luke chapter 10, which is where we are today. Uh, this, is, it, this is a Christmas tale, but we don't, it doesn't look like a Christmas tale. So we're, we've been just walking through uh, the gospel of Luke to, ta- to keep our eyes on Jesus. It's not about the stories. It's about understanding who Jesus is and observing him in what he did while he was on earth. Now, we, the, in the end of the book of John, it says if they wrote down all the things he said and all the things he did, it would fill all the volumes of all the books in the entire world. So all we get are these little snippets, and, it, and it's, 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 it's miserable for me because I want to know more. I want to know what everybody was thinking and what everybody was doing. I mean, when we get some, you know, we get like the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus spoke all day, and we get like a chapter. That doesn't work for me. And then, you know, pastors and preachers and Bible teachers, you know, they, they make it Jesus size. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to talk about this verse for the next 16 weeks. Um, but I want to know what Jesus is doing and what Jesus is saying. So, we come to uh, this commissioning of a new group of people. Jesus, uh, as we saw last week, uh, Jesus takes 70 or 72 different now additional people and says, I need you guys to go into all the villages where I'm going to go on the way to the cross. Because this is the last year of Jesus' life, what, what we have here from Luke nine on. It it marks a time where Jesus says, I must now go to the cross. And you're thinking, well, that's not very Christmassy. But it really is, because when we think about Christmas, we think about uh, the, the announcement of the king coming. And what these 70 people, or 72, depending on uh, the Bible you're reading, uh, these people were announcing the king is coming, the king is coming, the king is coming. And we talked about this before with the, with the 12 when they were sent out. But I don't think we grasp the understanding that, that what Jesus was setting up now going forward is the thing we're living in now but unaware of. We don't recognize that the kingdom of God is among us. And Jesus, though he's not physical anymore, he is with us to accomplish his work in our lives. Isn't that all good? Is that exciting? Aren't you glad? And, and we're living in this invisible kingdom, except most of the time we're living in this world, in this visible kingdom, the kingdom that's not working out so good. How many know that the physical world and all those that are trying to run it are not doing a very good job? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Jesus said, I will build my church, which is my collection of people that are within this kingdom. And what Jesus is building is always good because it's based on love, joy, peace, right? Patience and all the other good stuff that comes along with it. And this, this world that we're living in, no matter how good they get without Christ, is going to fall very short. And, and I, I don't even think they're trying to get good anymore. I think, you know, a couple hundred years ago, they were like, man, we should serve God, you know, through politics. Now it's just like, let's just do whatever we want and see if we can ruin the world. But anyway, that's the story for another day. It's not where we're at. Because what we are are the heralds now of this kingdom. 
this kingdom that is here now. Because there's a king now who has now been enthroned after the cross, and he is now ruling from heaven. Satan has no authority. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's called kingship. Now, we don't have kings very, you know, we, we, I mean, our, our last queen passed last year, super sad, right? I mean, the, the, we don't identify our world from a king or a queen perspective, somebody who's ruling, but that is who we are. And so Jesus is ready to send these uh, 70 people out to say the king is coming. But we say the king is here. The king is here. He is here now. He is with us. He is in our midst right now. We might not recognize him. We're like, yeah, church. how was church? Yeah, it was all right. You didn't recognize Jesus. What? You went to, you, you went to the assembly of the saints and didn't? Recognize Jesus? First, he put himself in each and every one of us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Every one of us is now embodying Jesus. We ha- is this too much for you guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is so awesome, isn't it? We're children of God embodying Christ, filled with the Spirit, now proclaiming this incredible thing. And here's the incredible thing is that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is with us, and he is ready to enthrone himself in the heart of anyone who will open their hearts and receive him. Okay, so let's get to the text, because it's so fun. I, I, again, I, I'm... Anyway, I won't waste my words on my angst. This is good. So after this, the Lord appointed 72 others, that means other than the disciples, the the 12, and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So he sent out 35 or 36 groups of two and said, you guys are going to go into town and you're going to tell them the king is coming, the king is coming, the kingdom is being established. Okay, moving around. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I always thought, I used to always laugh at that until I studied it this time, because I always thought it's funny. My, my, my friend Sean, he always says, you know, you just have to, if you want people to do something for the Lord, you just ask them to pray about it. Right? <laughs> it's like, because as soon as you pray about it, now you got skin in the game. It's like, ask the Lord of the harvest, they'll send out workers, and like, I'm praying, Lord, send out workers. And the Lord's like, hello, worker. Oh, Lord, I got snagged again. How come I got to stop this praying thing? Every time I pray, God asks me to do what I'm praying about. Oh, hmm. okay. Which is kind of funny, but that's near here and there. Okay. So then he says, verse 3, go! I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Great, Beth. <laughs> she had to bring up the dumb sheep and the smart wolves. Wolves are smart. They go in packs. <laughs> and this dumb sheep, hey, man, let's go to town. Let's see what happens next. 
but Jesus warns him. He's like, this is, if you're a Christian and you're trying to be the easy chair Christian, right? That's not what Jesus has called us to. Again, we got to step forward. We got to step forward. I know it's hard. That's why I struggle with I read my Bible because he's like, because we're not of this world either. And yet we're clinging with all of our might to be American Christians. How can I have this world and Jesus too? But anyway, he says, go. You're like a lamb. And then he says, don't take a purse or a bag or sandals. Don't greet anybody on the road. And when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Cool. This is a boomerang peace. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Yeah. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcome, eat what's offered to you. I like that he keeps talking about eating. That's my favorite thing to do. Uh, Heal the sick who are there and tell them this. The kingdom of God has come near you. And that word is, it's an adjoining word. It means it's, it's come right here, right in front of you right now for you to grasp a hold of. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about this, the context of this thing. So Jesus, he takes these 72 and he says, I'm going to send you out two by two. That's pretty smart, right? How many feel super powerful spiritually by yourself? Anybody? But when you're with someone else, all of a sudden you get this strength in you. This has happened to me many times on airplanes. I I, I like to, I I used to go to conferences with other pastors, right? And so we'd get on an airplane and some poor sucker would be the third guy, you know? I like the way they set up the the airplanes. They're, They're like three seats and then another three seats. So if you're with another guy, another pastor, and some sucker gets that third seat, guess what? They're going to hear the gospel because we're going to be talking about God and that conference and how awesome, how God showed up and all this kind of stuff. And they're going to go, what do you do for a living? Oh, well, we're a pastor. That's the fastest way to get their headset on <laughs> or the fastest way to get, get, get the questions going. Either way. I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you have to be a little less, have a little less candor and just say, you know, I'm, you know I work for an organization that's... Uh, helping others discover their inner being. Uh, really? Yeah, it's called being a four-square pastor. Anyway, where were we? And then we all raise our hands and shout hallelujah, right, 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 Tom? Okay, there we go. So, but Jesus was very strategic in doing this. He did it with the disciples, not in, in when he sends them out in Luke, but when he sends them out in, Ma- in Matthew. He takes them two by two because two people really have an advantage. Because when we're alone, Satan begins to talk to us about what we're not. And he tells us how unworthy we are, how you're a child of God, but you know what? God's trying to take everything of your life. He wants to really mess you up. Has anybody ever heard anything like this in your mind? Okay, if it's ever happened, guess what? It's because you're alone with Satan, <laughs> or, or one of his myriad of lying, lying spirits, right? But when you're together, you want to get encouraged? 
That's why we gather, right? You guys online, you could, you could listen to me tomorrow in your bedroom, but you won't be as encouraged as if you're with somebody right now listening to me now, right? So what do we get from this? You need a partner, everybody. You need a spiritual partner. I know that you have a spiritual partner. Many of you have people in your home. But if you don't, and I mean a spiritual partner, because how many know that when you go home, sometimes you don't talk about spiritual things? Even in my house. You think, you know, the pastor, you know, that's all we do is talk about Bible verses. Babe, what'd you think about that? Uh, John chapter 1, verse 5 to 9. And she just goes on and on about all the, the brilliance of the Word of God. And, and then I come back and say, well, let's get into, you know, verse 10. And, and then that happens. We never talk about anything else. We only talk about the things of God. You too, huh? Okay. <laughs> let's just flip it. And say, from time to time, we share our quiet time. We do pray uh, mostly daily together. But uh, if you don't have someone that is encouraging you, it's easy to fall prey to being discouraged. And Jesus did this on purpose. because. And then the, uh, there's another thing, of course, is because when you start seeing God act, there's nothing like being able to share it with the person that is encouraging you spiritually. So when that, when that happens, you're like, see? And you're like, yeah, see? And if you don't have that, then it's, it's hard to live this life of faith with boldness. And then there's a third thing, and, and that is the, you know, in the Old Testament, it says that everything must be established by the testimony of two or more, Right? And so what these guys, they went to town. You go to town and you're like, hey, Jesus says he's coming. And it's like, who says? I say. But you got the partner with him. It's like, hey, I was there too. Jesus said he's coming. It's like, ah, we got it. We got the testimony of two. And so we can remind each other of what Jesus has said. Because you forget every day. You're going to walk out of here and you're going to say, you're going to forget. And so we need each other. Okay. Not just two, but that was Jesus' strategy. He's like, go into this town, tell them I'm coming. I'm on my way. Partner up. Okay. Um, and I wrote in my words, I cannot stress the power of two for staying on mission. The reason that we are Christians and not disciples is because we are not using the power of two. Okay? So what commitment would Jesus ask us today? Hmm? Hmm? You're all like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, Pastor. That's okay. That's a good point, though. I'm glad that was saying it. Jesus says, get a partner. You know, there's many days that I feel discouraged. You wouldn't know it because I'm a happy guy and I worship God. And I'm not really discouraged, but there's a thing in me that's not 100%. I was telling Beth the other day, I woke up. Uh, and I wasn't 100% in my mind. And she's like, really? Yeah, we were in, in a staff meeting. And uh, she, 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 I think she was shocked because she knows that I live so close to God that it was hard. But then she encouraged me. And I need that, right? Because we all need that encouragement. That's what the two does. Um, right? Right? Got a partner? 
I know you do. All right, I guess, I guess that's time to move on. Um, then he tells them this. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. How many pray for people that don't know Jesus yet? I think all of us are praying for somebody that, and, and that's a good thing. That's an important thing. How many pray for workers to go into the harvest field? <laughs> Thank you. There's a couple of us. It's like, Lord, we need more of us. Because Jesus, when he was on earth, he saw the whole harvest. And when he's talking about the harvest here, uh, I don't know if anybody reads the book of Revelation, but it describes in chapter 14 of Revelation, it describes this harvest. Should I read it for you? Because it's the last day. What's happening, the reason that we must proclaim the good news to others is because we won't have an opportunity later. And Jesus is coming. Well, I mean, what, what if he's got, we got 30 days? I mean, if you knew that literally Jesus was coming back in 30 days, you might have a little more like, dudes, you've got to believe in Jesus. Let me pray for you, right? You'd be less likely to not recognize those that need Jesus, right? We just like, oh, they're all fine. The 95 out of 100 people we pass every day, they're fine. When Jesus comes back, they'll be fine. They won't be fine. How do we know? Because Jesus saw the end time harvest. I'll read it. It says this, and I looked, this is John, and he says, Therefore, there before me was a white cloud, and seated on the cloud there was one like the Son of Man. Who's, who's that described in Revelation? Jesus, Okay with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out from the temple and called out in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. There will come a day where there'll be no more evangelism. Because the day of the Lord will be at hand. There's more to that chapter, and it's worth reading if you haven't read Revelation in a while. Uh, Revelation 14 and, and following. Um, he says to pray. Pray for the harvesters. Pray for the harvest too, because God wants to expand his kingdom by changing hearts, and he wants us to be in the field sharing that as well. Are you guys okay? You're like, okay, that's another thing I'm not going to do. I asked you to partner up, and now I'm asking you to pray yourself into the kingdom. You're like, well, isn't that for pastors? Don't you need a special call? I don't want to be a missionary. We are all commissioned to bless the earth. We are all commissioned. And then he tells us this weird little thing. I'm going to send you out as lambs among wolves. Well, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be killed. In this age, we say in the book of Acts, if you talk about Jesus, 
You can be beaten. You can be thrown in jail. You can be killed. And they all said, cool, I'm in. Because the king and his message must be proclaimed. This is what Christmas is all about. Do I keep talking about Christmas? Because it's what Christmas is all about. The gift has come, and yet we are silent. And he's saying, no, no, we have to pray that we will open our mouth to share the testimony of the king. Now, let me ask you real quick, how many have had your life changed by Jesus? All right, two, there's 10 people in the room. All right, this is pretty good. Just kidding. We all have our, we've had an encounter with God. Have you had an encounter? More than one? You know he's real? Then it's time to pray that the Lord would use you to share your encounter so that others may encounter. We have to. Now, let me bring it, bring it to you here. So then he says this, this harvest is coming. Go, just a singular word, go. Go. Send you out as lambs to the wolves. That's okay. And he says, now don't take a bag or a purse or sandals. Don't greet anybody on the road. Real quick. He's like, this mission now, I mean, if we knew that Jesus was really coming back soon, he's like, I don't want anything in your way. I want you to first learn how to trust me. I don't want you to take extra money. I want you to just go. And he says, don't greet anybody on the road. You can say hi to some people. Greeting on the road meant don't make a friends. Don't sit down. Hey, cool, man. Good to see you. Let's have a meal. He's like, this is too urgent. And what I want to, when I want to, impart to you guys today is that we must raise our level of urgency. Now, how's that going to happen? Pray at the Lord of the harvest. It's not going to happen because I'm a great preacher. One, you're all going, you're not. And two, uh, we cannot persuade. I can't persuade you to this. This is a spiritual thing. And I have to pray it into my life and you have to pray it into yours, okay? All right, so we're going to partner up. We're going to pray up. And then he says, don't, don't greet the people on the road, but instead do this thing. I want you to go into, the, into these towns, and I want you to declare the peace of God and promote it, okay? And because I'm running out of time, I'm just going to read through this. He says, I want you to stay there. I want you moving around. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you and then heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Now, the reason that we share our faith is because first and foremost, we want people to understand the compassion of God. There is a judgment I know that this is not very this is not very modern. But the day of the Lord is a judgment day. It's a day when those that don't know Jesus and haven't received him will be separated from him. It saddens me. 
But Jesus wants us to have this urgency to say the very compassion of God, Jesus, the, the, the one who's actually going to judge the living and the dead, he's the, he's the judge. And, he's, and he's, he's the one who's like, I am willing to die so that you are not separated from me. And so we're bringing this peace, especially now, because the world doesn't know. Okay. Tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Most people are afraid to share their faith. We just are because we don't like rejection and we think people think we're stupid or whatever. But it's not true because one day you said your life was changed because somebody shared the gospel with you. And Jesus says that the harvest is ripe. There are many, 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 many people already prepared. They're ready. The, the fruit is ripe for you to be able to share with them the peace of God. Do you know anybody who's anxious lives in a constant state of anxiety because the world that they're living in is not working? It's in that context that we're able to speak peace and then the kingdom of God into their life. With that, I will give you one more encouragement. To those who received him, the kingdom of God is near to you. We're not left to ourselves to try to be Christians or children of God. We already are. And part of the thing where he says, don't take a bag, don't take anything, is that those who are commissioned to bring the message of peace have everything they need when they need it. You're thinking, I don't know, man, how would this work? You're going to meet someone this week, maybe, who asked you a question, and you're not going to be weird. You're just going to say, you know, some years ago, I had an encounter with God. And I don't know if you've ever had that, but the reality is most people have had an encounter with God, but they don't have anybody to partner with them. And you say, can I pray for you? And you can share your story. And guess what? More people are ripe than you think. And um, Jesus is just asking us to be part of that harvesting family. So let's pray together. Pray this most dangerous prayer. We have to pray it. Because Jesus told these disciples to pray it. Lord, we want to be part of the incredible wonder of seeing lives changed, just like ours. It's so amazing when somebody comes to Christ. Their lives are transformed. And yet we forget 
And so this morning, we add our prayers to the prayers of these and those that have gone before us. Lord, send workers into the harvest. The person to my right, the person to my left, and me. Those that are hearing me online, and you. Lord, use our lives to declare the kingdom. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I know it's Communion Sunday, and I'm already OT. So I think what I'll do is I'll check out um, our peeps online. Hello, people online. I'm back. No commercial. Uh, Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, If you're live with us, if you're seeing us later, love to you uh, now or later. And uh, I pray that you've prayed our prayer as well. Um, Let the Lord uh, do a great thing in your life. In Jesus' name, we'll see you guys later.